0: Coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat.
1: Well-being and balance and optimization of that kind is critical to business success because if you're exhausted and burnt out and stressed, the quality of your hypotheses, the quality of your ability to run accurate tests, to to reflect on what's going on, to have that relationship with reality becomes severely impaired.
0: A happy new year to all our guests and thanks for joining us for episode 153 with Peter Shallard. Looking forward to diving in some great insights. But first, a big thank you to Commit Action for sponsoring this episode commit action pairs you with a dedicated accountability coach whose sole job is to give you clarity on what needs to get done and the accountability to make sure you do it you can check them out at commitaction.com and exclusively for listeners of the show commit action are giving up to $150 off membership you can find the link in the show notes or on our website at sleepyperformrepeat.com and finally if you enjoy our content please be sure to rate and review on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your podcast.
1: Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings.
2: Today we spoke with Peter Shillard, founder and CEO of Commit Action and the Shrink for Entrepreneurs. As a renowned business psychology expert and clinical therapist, Peter has worked with all types of entrepreneurs around the globe, with people who strive to reach greater goals of wealth, freedom, sanity, and social impact. He founded Commit Action, which is an online platform built for business owners and people who want to manage their output and time better and create a personal system for accountability, commitment to task, ideation and execution, focus and productivity. It really is all about turning one into the highest leverage version of himself. Today, we dig into the story of the shrink for entrepreneurs, how Peter earned that name and what that part of his career involved. We delve into life coaching, accountability, planning, structure, goal setting, weekly rituals and high leverage work, all key for this time of year. Peter tells us how commit action scaled, why it's working from a sole entrepreneur startup to a team of many and a big success. We explore the definition of effectiveness and productivity, how they are so different in relation to value creation and output. Deep focus work is discussed and the furious chasing down of goals and gaps for recovery. Also, that life goes in season sometimes. This is a really enlightening conversation about how a vision for a business model became a reality, what it took and what it's becoming. Peter Shallard, welcome to the show, the Shrink for Entrepreneurs and the founder of Commit Action. Thanks very much for spending some time with uh, Kiran and myself today. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you on board and obviously doing research. We came across wealth, freedom and sanity. Three biggest words for an entrepreneur. Do you want to dive right in and tell us what it is about them three words that's so important?
1: Wow, well, yeah, it's a good, that's a good one. What's what's uh what's so important about those three words is that they tend to tug people in different directions. It's the uh, the hat trick is is important. You know, having uh achieving all three is really difficult for entrepreneurs. And and we you, you know you found those. That's kind of the the, the tagline of my my shrink for entrepreneurs business. Um, which I've been you know doing for over a decade I think it's been 12 13 years now working as a as a therapist and a coach and advisor with some of the kind of best and brightest and fastest moving entrepreneurs out there and um, yeah you know that's the that's the ultimate goal I you know in my practice and the work that I do I uh, that's what I'm really trying to accomplish for those people is to achieve the wealth that they're looking for to have the freedom and in do, and in doing so hold on to their mental well-being in fact to their mental optimization and i think if you can get that hat trick if you can kind of arrive at that place what happens next is very interesting and it's been one of the one of the most satisfying things i've been able to do in my career is is help entrepreneurs who have achieved all three of those things then start building the thing that really matters and 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 finding what they value on the other side of that and and sometimes big impact and you know extraordinary organizations and and products come to light for folks who have achieved all three and then kind of go what's next
0: well there's so much we want to dig into there but where did it all start for you when did you first realize you had that desire to help people to really improve their productivity and grow as they as they want
1: I so my first business was a brick and mortar psychotherapy practice back in New Zealand, where I'm I'm from originally. And um, I mean, you know, before that, I was I was passionate about psychology. I was really interested in understanding people and, you know, why they do the things they do and how they tick. Working in psychotherapy was like a natural extension of that curiosity about how human beings work and. You know, the funny thing about starting a practice, a lot of service professionals, you know, out there listening to this will relate to this, is that you kind of find yourself being an, an unwitting, even perhaps unwilling entrepreneur. Because, you know, I think I, I started my business not because of some vision of creating business success, but because I, I just, I was probably too lazy to get a real job. And I thought it was going to be easier. <laughs> famous, uh, famous last words. Yeah. And and so I I had that crazy mentality that if I perfected my craft, if I got really good at the psychotherapy thing, studied really well and got tons of experience, did all sorts of extracurricular training and that people would somehow find out about this through some type of, I don't know what I thought, some type of psychic intervention. And they would just start lining up outside of my office. And so I would say, I would say I became an entrepreneur the day I, I took on the, the overhead of a real physical office, took out an ad in the yellow pages and, and sat there and started waiting for the phone to ring and nothing happened. And when I first realized, oh, shit, I have to do some sales or marketing or something. That was really when I became an entrepreneur. You know, very long story short. I originally built a business, you know, working with, regular I call them civilians, with regular people. I took referrals from primary care physicians, did a bunch of sort of clinical work, but I, by accident, connected with a couple of entrepreneurs and I started building this rapport with these people and I found this amazing shift, this, this crazy difference in their attitude compared to the other people that I was seeing and working with. At the time, I didn't know it at the time, but I was encountering for the first time a, a growth mindset. You know, the first entrepreneur client I had actually came into work on a phobia, which is something that I did a lot of work with. And um, we were really successful. You know, I gave him some tools, some exercises. It was a flying phobia. And it was getting between him and being able to, you know, travel for, for for business, for work. And he came back and he said, that was great. You know, I was on, a, I got on a plane, you know, here's five other things I want to work on. Give me tools for these two. And this hunger for change and for growth was really, you know, it was really refreshing and new to me. And so I I kind of went down this rabbit hole and and started building relationships with these people, I started learning from them about business, improving my business. And um, I started getting referrals within the sort of entrepreneurial community back in New Zealand. And before I knew it, I sort of one day looked up and looked at my client roster that was majority self-employed people, CEOs, founders of things. And I realized, I think I've developed a specialty here. And so, like I said, long story short, I eventually figured out the marketing piece and I started writing about the intersection of business and psychology online under the tagline, the shrink for entrepreneurs which were a couple of words. It's the power of positioning, a couple of words that just changed my life because people on the internet saw this and said, you know, the shrink for entrepreneurs, I, I get it. I know what that is. And, and I know how necessary that is. And I started building this, this reputation. I had... Uh, You know, there was a a crazy coincidence was at the time, no one was really writing about these ideas about how business owners have these mental health and kind of psychological optimization needs that are different to everyone else, but people were searching for them. And so I started ranking in Google for basically any mental health keyword plus the word entrepreneur. And A bunch of nerds a bunch of geeks in silicon valley were having these problems and what are they you know what do nerds do when they have problems they certainly don't talk to anyone they google late at night and they started finding me and so i you know i was on the other side of the world started receiving inbound inquiries from tech founders in the startup ecosystem saying hey i read your article about insomnia for entrepreneurs You know, do you could you do a session over the phone? Can you do a session on Skype? And so the next big iteration of my business was that I started working with founders of these, you know, mainly in the venture capital backed ecosystem, helping them with you know their personal journey, their optimization. I I began basically taking the world's greatest MBA that I was paid to take because I worked alongside these people as some of them, you know, grew companies with billion dollar market caps with billion dollar valuations. I was learning a ton. And kind of built this reputation, and I ended up actually relocating to the US. So that was ten years ago. Yeah, and 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 sort of building up this practice as the shrink for entrepreneurs that that today has a couple of billion dollars in combined, you know, market capitalization. And I've helped a client. I've helped clients take ideas all the way through to an IPO. It's been a it's a kind of a wild ride. And the last part of this story, and then I'll shut up because this is a lot. Is uh, is along the way, where you guys come in is, you know, along the way, I realized that I was trading my time for money. You know, I was a service professional and I kept on raising my prices and my entrepreneurial clients kept on paying them and it was really great. But one day I thought, I want to be like these guys. Like I want to, I want to build something. And so I started thinking about what could I do that could scale? What could I do that could be bigger than me? And that's where I got the idea for commit action. And so I, I sort of pivoted from being a service professional to bootstrapping a scalable business that I played around with just really quietly, really slowly on the down low with you know a few handfuls of people getting the product right, experimenting and iterating. And then um, in 2019, I went and raised some venture capital financing because I thought I had something. I really was like, I think we've got the formula that works we blew it up since then we've exploded it you know we've we've grown many millions of dollars in subscription revenue we've worked with thousands of customers we've hired a team of some of the greatest coaches in the world and it's yeah it's been this it's been this whole thing and and here we are
2: and peter I yeah, just you know personally can speak commit action is is brilliant obviously we're using it ourselves the piece that really stands out there from that story is is the niche that you found right the kind of shrink for entrepreneurs people started to gravitate towards you because of your specialty because of how good you were at what you do but then with the the energy and the time that goes into that very interesting you, you kind of have a line as well on on your media talks about the highest leverage version of themselves of yourself so when you're at that point when you're putting so much into it and you're trying to build leverage and build your system your ecosystem and your ability to leverage what what you see as as the secret sauce as it were
1: it's it's interesting like i i had you know like i said that the shrink for entrepreneurs is a niche you know being able to position yourself that effectively was a real game changer and that was my meal ticket for the best part of my career right like it was you know i moved to new york and built this great network of entrepreneurs there and i would go to any party any cocktail networking event or whatever and just tell people that's what i did and their eyes light up every time people would the joke people would always say i know somebody who needs your help and they usually meant them and so i knew the value of product market fit and when i started thinking about what i could do to scale like i knew that i knew that the the problem with the shrink for entrepreneurs is that there can only be one the word the is very important right like it's hard to it's hard to build a brand around that. And I didn't necessarily want to get stuck into like a, a services business where I sort of, you know, have therapists working for me and, you know, I get 10% of what they're paid or whatever for for the brand. Like I thought about those ideas. Instead, I started playing with the idea of I, I sort of followed the kind of lean startup methodology of really focusing on what is it that people struggle with. And I was aware that there was a huge number, like the work that I did was very boutique. It's, you know, very high priced, white glove, one-to-one, pretty inaccessible. You know, it's limited by the amount of hours I have available. But I started thinking, well, what does everyone struggle with? You know, what are all entrepreneurs ultimately up against? And what I landed on, you know, what I found from talking to a bunch of business owners was basically productivity, focus, uh, or the other side of it, like avoiding self-sabotage, avoiding you know getting rid of overwhelm. That the, the thing that most business owners struggle with is consistently showing up as the best version of themselves day after day after day. Most entrepreneurs have this idea of where they want to be and what they think they're capable of. And they almost wake up on a Monday morning thinking, I know what I need to do. But then, actually meeting that internal expectation for themselves it's really difficult. And so I started looking at thinking about, well, you know i'm I'm this great psychological coach. I can help people optimize and get in the zone and be the best version of themselves and, and become these execution powerhouses. How can I build something that scales that solves this problem? And so the there was a lot of digging into what the actual problem is that we can talk about. But but the the sort of solution, the thing that I really dive, dove into was this idea of this, this hypothesis I had. And I think all good startups always start with like a really interesting hypothesis that's kind of counterintuitive. You know, Peter Thiel talks about like, what's something you believe that everyone disagrees with you about? And I would say for me, the thing I believe is that that's kind of weird. I think a lot of people might disagree is... Even awful, terrible life coaching by some cringe, embarrassing, you know, second cousin of yours who started an Instagram influencer account with 17 <laughs> followers who's <laughs> posting, you know, like, like achieve, believe, conceive memes or whatever. <laughs> try to try to get $25 an hour life coaching clients, right? Some people feel real seen right now on this. Yeah, <laughs> <good to> know. <laughs> listeners are um, gone. yeah yeah sorry sorry folks the you know even even that session with that guy who has no idea what he's doing that'll actually help the average uh, that'll help any entrepreneur a little bit why 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 does even a session with a bad life coach help and and this was the thing i became obsessed with that was the foundation of commit action the reason it'll help is that most people's focus and productivity, I would say everyone's focus and productivity problems to some extent, are downstream consequences of isolation. Humans are social primates, hardwired to function at their best, to be the best version of themselves when they're connected to others. And so even a bad life coach who just sits you down is like, mate, what are you working on? Why don't you just do it? And that's the extent of their advice. Just that <laughs> process of you having another human ask you what you're working on forces you to verbalize. And, you know, and 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 even verbalizing is a way of clarifying our thinking. In fact, what it is that you're working on. And that makes a teeny tiny little difference. It helps you perform a little bit better. And I think this is this this thing, this idea was the seed. This is everything we built commit action on. This idea that it's it's if you have focus and productivity problems it's not your fault it's it's an it's isolation it's the environment that's to blame because entrepreneurship in the 21st century like today for most people looks like sitting on your laptop in your pj's in a basement somewhere typing away Trying to avoid alt-tabbing open Facebook or Netflix or all of these multi-billion dollar companies using the best behavioral scientists in the world to engage your attention and make sure you consume and don't create anything. Fighting that internal battle, and, and this is the, the key, not a human on earth knows if you're screwing around or if you're absolutely crushing it. Very true. And that's the problem a bad life coach solves that problem because they're checking in on you and so the idea for commit action was it kind of sounds crazy it was like what if we did really bad life coaching No, the idea for commit action is what if we took if we distilled the idea of coaching down to just pure accountability the planning goal setting the structure the clarity and built a whole methodology about that went and studied the science and looked at what's the most effective way to create a weekly ritual for people to plan their lives and then we did that as a service at scale that would be a cool business that was the idea and uh turns out it really works
0: so then looking at commit action and when you were scaling obviously more people needed to come in and vetting people or getting people to have that shared vision and purpose is very difficult how were you able to transition so well between being a solo entrepreneur to becoming a team and becoming a real business together where you had a shared team that looked after all aspects
1: of the business and had a real reason for being involved? To be honest, it is tricky. And, and the way that I did it was very, very slowly and very carefully and very luckily. So the thing, that, the thing that I did that's a little different to a lot of the startups out there these days that are uh, kind of raise money on, they call it the team and the dream. Like you get a group of people together and have a vision and then go out and raise a couple million bucks and say, we're going to go build this and try it out. I bootstrapped Commit Action and I actually bootstrapped us to product market fit. So I the way the company started in practical terms was I had a chat with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And... Um, I said, I've got this idea for this, like, what if we did this just accountability coaching, none of the rest of coaching idea, and I want someone to do it, and I had this principle early on that sounds kind of crazy, I was like, I'm going to bootstrap this, I'm going to pay for it all myself, we're going to get a customer, you know, use their money to grow it, that kind of thing, but I'm never going to do it, I'm never going to do the calls myself. So to this day, this is kind of crazy. I feel a bit embarrassed telling people this, and 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 for my team, I have never, not once, done a commit action coaching call. Well, I was waiting for him, and I was like, nope, nope, not Peter, <laughs> somebody else. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, sorry to disappoint. You know, the, a big part of the thesis that we have at Commit Action, a part of our internal sort of secret source, is we have a very particular psychological profile of coach that we hire, that we recruit. And we have a proprietary method for assessing this psychological profile. And I had a friend who really was an avatar, like an archetype of this profile. It was my wife's suggestion, actually, as a mutual friend. And she was like, why don't, you, why don't you call up Alex and see what he's doing? I bet he had, you know, come along part time and you know, test this out because this wasn't even a business. This was an experiment I was doing on the side out of my PayPal account for my consulting business. And so I got this friend of mine, Alex. He's now the, the he's now my number two. He's the COO of this of the company. And I was like, Hey, you want to make some calls to people and talk about their goals? And uh, he was like, Sure. And and I trained him in the methodology. I, and so right out of the gate, I knew that the challenge for scaling an accountability coaching company was recruiting and training. And so I knew if I did the calls myself to see, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs would go, would kind of think intuitively, I'll try this out myself and see if the customers like it. But I knew that that would be an illusion, right? Like if I, if I did it, I could probably do a good call and accountability coaching call and a customer would say, Hey, this was pretty cool. I'll keep going. But I knew the real challenge was, can somebody else jump in and do this? And so Alex and I started the company and we, we, I had this big blog of, of, of entrepreneurs, you know, reading my, my writing online as the shrink for entrepreneurs. And I sent out an email, I still have it. And it literally said, this is an experiment. If it goes badly, we'll shut it down. Never mind. Like lowered the stakes completely. I was like, we've got this idea. Every week, we're going to meet with you and do a, a planning ritual to get you clarity, to get you focused, to get you, you know, to get you executing. We didn't know how to explain it. We didn't know how to position it. We were just like, this is this wacky idea. It's ninety nine dollars a month. That's how much we charged, and we had thirty people sign up. And one of those people was was a customer for, I think, six years after that. This was a long time ago because we really took our time. But there was something to it. And they kept coming back and renewing, saying, I'll do another month. I'll do another month. And uh, yeah, one of them, it was like six years. She kind of came all the way with us. Right out of the gate, That our emphasis was on recruiting and training. And it's funny, like right now, after this interview, I'm jumping into recruiting eight new coaches that we're currently running interviews for to start uh in january our 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 training program to come and work at commit action you actually spend over a month doing full-time 40 hour a week training before you even get anywhere near a, 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 a paying customer um and so we're just kicking off that cycle again uh right now and then it never ends
2: and for the people that do well in the process, obviously the accountability, the, the commitment to the tasks, moving along on the goals and the milestones, what is the process like for the people that seem to really move along and progress week to week? So when they speak to their coach, they've achieved what they needed to achieve. What would be the suggestions for those sort of people in, in their weeks, in the kind of meat of the week, as it were, to really retain and maintain high focus so that they do keep on progressing along when they're on with their coach?
1: So you know we've come we've sort of talked origin story but now I can kind of tell you all of the insights we've learned as a result of doing this work and you know we've had several thousand people join this I I forget the other day one of someone on our team like added up all of the hours it's literally hundreds of thousands of hours of coaching business owners like all around the world and you know more verticals than you can name and one of the things we've kind of figured out is really what the definition of of effectiveness really is. A big part of our methodology at Commit Action, a big part of what we're trying to help entrepreneurs with and what we want them to understand is there's a huge gap between productivity and effectiveness. You can be productive about answering your email, right? Like getting to inbox zero. You can do that very efficiently. You can feel productive because you're like, look at me, I'm flying through this. But effectiveness is about creating value for entrepreneurs. So being effective could look like ignoring 500 emails and just finding the one that you answer that kicks off the relationship to the person who becomes a partner who grows a six-figure revenue stream with you, or invests in your business, or, or whatever it might be. And so the thing that we I think this is the thing that we really try to dial in with our clients is, you know, they come to people join Come in Action with a sense of here are my goals, this is what I want to accomplish. The purpose of having a dedicated accountability coach is is someone who provides this outside of the fishbowl looking in objectivity at a professional level, asking you, is that really the most effective use of your time? So what we try to do with our clients is we actually try to figure out what their values are beyond their long-term goals, what's really important to them. What the definition of really high leverage work is for an entrepreneur can be different. For example, if you value recognition and notoriety beyond all else, or you value, or an, and another entrepreneur values freedom beyond all else, the best use of your time on a given week is going to be kind of different. The freedom-loving entrepreneur, their accountability coach, their commit action coach is going to be always keeping an eye on them building systems, delegating creating growth in their business yes but only if it's sustainable and if it continues to kind of liberate them and create opportunities to give them space in their life whereas we work with ambitious run through brick walls to create a billion dollar empire make a you know dent the universe entrepreneurs who don't care about that they want to work 100 hours a week and for them we have a whole different definition of high leverage I think that that's the key for you know. It's possible to to start checking off goals and feeling like you're being productive. The definition of of effectiveness, I think, is figuring out what high leverage work means for you, and and making sure that that happens. And the cool thing about it, the you know, the liberating thing for a lot of entrepreneurs is that high leverage work often doesn't even require that much time, doesn't even require that much hard work, that much sweat necessarily what it does almost always requires a lot of courage and accountability helps with that too how much emphasis
0: do you put on looking at an individual's well-being you mentioned mental optimization earlier and you mentioned well-being when someone is looking to get more effective not just productive more effective do they have to look after themselves first is that a first port of call or how much does that play into their weekly maybe commit action program
1: It's funny. Let me answer this by actually sharing with you a concept that I shared with our coaching team recently. So we have this philosophy at Commit Action that business, the best businesses are often run like a science lab. And what I mean by that is that the entrepreneurs driving, creating a company use the scientific method of having a hypothesis, right? Which is usually like, if I do X, then I get Y. Like if I start a YouTube channel, Then I'll get a ton of subscribers and be able to sell them, you know, whatever it is that I sell, right? Like some idea like that, that we have. And then you go and test, you go and take action in the real world, which is like being a scientist. It's like putting things in test tubes and shaking them up and seeing if you get bubbles, seeing if something happens, seeing if you get a result. And then you measure your results, right? The only thing that difference between science and screwing around is writing it down and you analyze those results and then you go back to the drawing board with a refined hypothesis. Like I started a YouTube channel. It was kind of mediocre. I didn't get that many subscribers, but maybe I need to pivot my content to this. Now you've got another hypothesis. Now you've got another test. So there's this endless cycle of iteration and thinking objectively and scientifically, empirically about what you can do in business. It's important to think scientifically because building a business is in a way having contact with observable external reality. If you live in your own head in this world of fantasy, building stuff without seeing without colliding with reality and actually testing it out, without giving your product idea to people to play with, without having them, without doing any experimentation, you're gonna end up in a pretty unscientific, distorted place and you're not gonna be successful. So we we really buy into this, this idea of have an empirical relationship with reality as a business owner. Because if you, if you succeed with that, you figure out what the levers are you figure out how to launch a product in a way that resonates with the market with that pops that gets people excited and you honestly you figure out how to manipulate reality, you figure out how to succeed, how to win in business. but here's the thing to come full to come back to your question about balance and, and well-being. The biggest variable in any science lab affecting the outcomes that are produced there is the is the intellect. Of the scientist running the shop, running the show. Einstein produced the kind of results he did. Isaac Newton figured out what he figured out because these guys' brains were, were high functioning. And so we make the argument at Commit Action that well being and balance and optimization of that kind is critical to business success because if you're exhausted and burnt out and stressed, the quality of your hypotheses, the quality of your ability ability to run accurate tests, to record the data, to reflect on what's going on, to have that relationship with reality becomes severely impaired. And I have this sneaking suspicion that the best labs that produce the best inventions, the best startups that produce the best products, and the best bootstrap lifestyle businesses that turn you green with envy with the, with the amazing lifestyles they afford their founders are run by people who can think straight. And so all of our coaches at Commit Action are trained to be a watchdog and keep an eye on the work-life balance of our clients because we're playing the long game. We don't want them to do a month of crazy productivity sprinting where they're 10 times more effective than they ever have been. If that means that for a month after that, they're going to be a basket case, right? Just shake yeah. like in the fetal position on the floor because <laughs> that that doesn't that doesn't win the long game.
2: And Peter, coming, coming to you personally, how do you retain and keep the balance having managed to build your own personal business and now building this business? And now I'm sure there's something else in the pipeline moving forward. How do you keep managing to be excellent across all those departments?
1: I would say, with with uh, with varying success, I I th- <laughs> I think that there are a couple of concepts that really help me that have resonated with me over the years. One is that the old school office mentality of working kind of nine to five, have weekends off, you know, chill out at five pm is a relic of the industrial revolution when our work came to us on conveyor belts and we were screwing the caps on on toothpaste tubes I don't know why I always pick that as an example but I, that's what I think that's what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's dad did right isn't yeah, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Roald, Roald, Dahl fans here. Roald Dahl's analysis of the of what's wrong with the industrial economy is, is that people have jobs like that and if you have a job like that you need to chill out every night to kind of summon the the, the will to go into work the next day but our, our labor is fundamentally changed. And this comes back to this idea of high leverage work, which is the heart of what we what we do at Commit Action. Bill Gates is, is worth something like uh, 100,000 or 800,000 times more than the, the average listener of this podcast. I once did the math of like someone who's making like 100 grand a year or whatever. Bill Gates is worth many, many hundreds of thousands of times more than that. He's not hundreds of thousands of times more productive, and he hasn't worked hundreds and thousands of times more hours. And that should be something that we should all reflect on as entrepreneurs. because value creation in the knowledge economy and in, in, in this world of technology and ideas has more to do with insight and, and courage and our ability to do you know to do amazing work that is new and novel that that, change, that changes the game than it does to do with sweating um, and grinding it out and screwing tubes, you know caps on tubes of toothpaste. And so, you know, for me, this question of work-life balance, I, I really love the idea that work these days for entrepreneurs should be more the way that a lion goes about doing what a lion does, which is f- furious chasing down of goals, right? Not to be too macabre about the about the objective. And then lots of naps, right? Like sprint when you need to sprint, and then totally chill when you need to when you need to do that. I also think that life goes in seasons. I've got a, uh, a two-month-old baby and a three-year-old son right now and sleep's been pretty hard to come by and it feels like a bit of a grind right now, but this too shall pass. And there is, you know, I even notice within a year, I often have a period where I really deep dive into something and really sprint at it and then kind of come out of it. And I, I it's one of the things I really enjoyed about my shrink for entrepreneurs practice with a lot of these high-functioning, you know founders of incredible businesses that I'd work with one of the things i'd do with them is try to find try to help them discover their own personal cadence like what really works for them i've worked with a couple of authors and they're really when a, when an author's successful it's really cool because like i know a guy who will spend a year maniacally writing a book and just working his ass off and then goes on tour and sells it like markets it and stuff and almost puts himself in the grave it's so much work then he takes like two years off and just screws around and that cadence kind of works for him so for me i think i think the idea of work-life balance to me it seems like this antiquated idea of having the perfect day it's very 1950s it's like screw caps on toothpaste for, you know, for a few hours, go home, have a cocktail, put my feet up by the fire as though this type of ideal day exists. I would say for myself and and for most entrepreneurs out there, we have a lot of very imbalanced days that seem maniacal. But when you zoom out far enough to to the week, to the month, to the years, there's a cadence there and there's a big picture balance that I think really works and in fact is more effective than the old school way of doing things. We actually
2: just wrote lion beside yeah. each other. Naval, look, firstly, congrats, father of two, the second coming. Hope all is going well sleepwise. That is a, a, a challenge. So feeling for you on that one. Um, but Peter, my last question before we kick over to Kieran is so many exciting things going on, you know, new people joining your, uh, joining your team, turning up into a new year. What's the new thing what's what's the thing that has you really excited looking forward
1: well it is it is commit action actually I mean I'm I'm all in in so in 2019 which feels like not that long ago we you know I I had bootstrapped the business owned hundred percent of it and was kind of I kind of had this moment where I thought we had something and I realized that the cobblers children, you know, sometimes have no shoes. And the funny thing is, is I was running this this accountability coaching company and um, didn't actually have that much accountability to really push it forward. So I went out and sought an investor in venture capital f- funds to come and join me in the company and, you know, get some skin in the game so I could provide, I could have the external accountability um, as well as the funds to blow the thing up. And, and it really worked like it changed my life. And so commit actions become my main focus. My shrink for entrepreneurs practice is pretty much wound down. You know, I'll always do some of that work because it, it keeps the, the saw sharp. It keeps me connected to entrepreneurs. I, I do about three hours a week right now of consulting mostly with clients I've been working with for, you know, for five or six years or, um, you know, really long time. And, um, but commit action is, is our, is the big focus with, um, you know i'm i'm really excited about how far this company can go and you know i think that we've built we've built this thing this weekly ritual that turns ideas into empires and entrepreneurs are waking up to this idea that high leverage work is super important and we're 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 selling something that enables people to do it to use cognitive science to to fight the effects of isolation and overwhelm you know i wake up i jump out of bed every day right now to just see how far we can take this thing. And so, you know, we're working on a lot of really exciting projects. We have this incredible thing that we do at Commit Action at the end of the year called Head Start coming up, which is this workshop that that we host free to all members, a digital workshop that's like an annual goal setting program where we share basically a ton of cognitive science about how to do big picture annual planning. Because what our regular... Bread and butter is this weekly ritual of 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 really planning out what you're going to be working on, when you're going to do it, using all of these psychological factors to optimize that structure. But then we zoom out once a year kind of over the holidays and through January and and run this program free to all members where we where we lock in a set of psychologically optimized plans for the whole year. And so that's that's what I'm working on right now. That's the thing that's next. But yeah, our roadmap next year is insane. We have some crazy stuff coming. We're working on a big rebrand, um, changing a lot of stuff about commit action, except the name we're keeping. Um, we're working on some insane innovations to our our software system, which should be really cool. So I always tell my team and sort of sign off on is we're just getting started. Um, and it's kind of crazy to have grown the company more than 10 times in the last 10x in the last two years. But we are just getting started. And so that's what I'm pumped about.
0: That's brilliant. And we look forward to seeing all of them exciting things. We've one more question for you. And it's one we ask everyone who comes on the show It's what does high performance mean to you, Peter?
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, that's like my favorite question. High performance to me means high leverage. Um, you know, it means, it means figuring out what the biggest, most exciting opportunities are that are on, in front of you, that are on your plate right now. And those are the things that align with your values as a human being, first and foremost. But they're also the things that represent an appropriate level of risk and reward ratio, right? Because they're, they're they're usually things that require us to put our neck out, to take a risk. But if it works, the reward is extraordinary. And the other definition is that they're always the things that we lack accountability around. And that's the thing that I, I love about this question is: Every entrepreneur, how every human out there has some ideas, some things gathering dust on the back, on the bottom of a to-do list somewhere that they'd love to do, that they want to do, that they know they should do, that not a soul on earth expects them to do, and no one will notice if you do, don't do it, and perhaps no one will even notice for a long time if you do start doing the thing. But those things are the thing; those those goals, those those pieces of work, those opportunities, are the things that change everything. If you finally do find the ability to prioritize them, to put the structure in place, to commit to yourself uh, that you'll actually start moving forward and on those things, and so that's what I built. That's what my whole career is about: is helping entrepreneurs find and, and get that stuff moving.
2: Peter Schiller, thanks very much for your time and, and helping us to continue to move forward. Really looking forward to the next couple of weeks and next year again grateful for your time got a lot from it wishing you all the very best
1: yeah thank you for having me and uh if you want to come check out what we do take a look at commitaction.com We've got some cool stuff happening in january if you're a, if you're a member so come take a look and, and see what we're about thank you for listening to today's episode of sleep eat perform repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by Howora, a whole person well-being company founded and run from dublin ireland find out more at howra life.com spelt h-a-u-o-r-a-life.com Please rate, review and share the podcast Some people want it to happen Some wish it would happen Others make it happen The GOAT, Michael Jordan